Welcome to People's Church. Before we get to this week's message with Pastor Tom Murray, we want you to know that you matter to your Heavenly Father and you matter to us. People's Church is a multi-generational faith community in Salem, committed to knowing Christ and making Him known. Sunday morning worship services at our Salem campus are at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Watch messages anytime and plan your visit at peopleschurch.com. We pray this practical biblical teaching is encouraging, challenging, and possibly even life-changing. Pastor Scott and Bonnie went on to the next part of their calling one year ago, and uh, we are so grateful, Pastor Erickson, Pastor Bonnie, for the legacy that you have built on of preaching God's word unashamedly and boldly in a place that needs God's word. We are grateful for your legacy of missions that has been built upon uh, taking us to becoming one of the largest missions giving churches in the entire world. You've been gone a year and the building hasn't burned down yet. We love you and we're thankful to welcome you home. People's Church, please welcome home Pastor Scott Erickson. Thanks, brother. God bless you. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning to all of you. <clears throat> Bonnie and I are so excited to be here today. We have looked forward to being here to share this morning. Uh, it's been really one of those things we've been really fired up about. <clears throat> There's not a day goes by that we don't pray for you and think of you and think of people in the church that maybe the Lord would put on our hearts to pray for especially. We uh, love you. We've had to make transitions to adjust from being past, you know, serving in the way that we were. And um, <clears throat> we are living in Hampton, Virginia. And we are near Bonnie's uh, family, our family. Um, we have the privilege to serve uh, Bonnie's mother and take care of her about 30 days. And then uh, Becky, Bonnie's sister, takes her the other 30 days. And we, um, she's 89. And uh, we haven't been able to be around her for a long time while we were here. And so we're, we're doing that with uh, great joy in our heart and respect for our mother. And uh, <clears throat> we're still serving on various missions boards for, the, uh, for our fellowship and uh, also are on schedule to fill in uh, at a couple of international speaking English churches that are led by Assemblies of God missionaries overseas. And we'll be doing that in the uh, summer and so forth. Looking forward to a robust schedule with that. And uh, having said that, I just want to say to Pastor Tom Murray, um, thank you so much for inviting us and uh, the other leaders who have served. Uh, this uh, says a lot about your heart, and we're grateful for the privilege you've given to Bonnie and I to be here with you today, to stand behind this sacred desk and um, proclaim the word of the Lord, and we thank you. You know, 70 years, according to the word of God, is a lifetime. God said if you you know, you love the Lord, he'll give you three score in 10. And uh, 
That's really a lifetime. And it's a marvelous history that God has given to People's Church. I remember um, our first Sunday in October of 2000, um, we had 29 buckets out on the floor of the carpet because there were holes in the roof. And uh, we, when we had been here to candidate, we didn't know there were holes in the roof. And, uh, and all of those things happened. That, ha- that happens to old things, you know, they, they wear down and all of that. And uh, that was quite a, quite a day of start. But, you know, we have charter members with us today, those that were, some that were here when the church began, and they were members of the church. Isn't that incredible? Uh, Those people have been faithful and been through so much. So we stand on the shoulders of great spiritual leaders who have served this church in days gone by, and with honor and respect to their efforts, we say thank you for their service, and we're delighted to be here today to uh, stand here and proclaim the word of the Lord. We thank God for all of the rich history, but I'm not here to talk about yesterday. I'd like to talk about tomorrow. I'd like to talk about the next 70 years, should Jesus tarry. I'd like to talk about what should we do and how should we do it. And it's not my place to tell you and to chart the course for the church, but I can tell you in general the principles of the word that I expect that we can do. Now, I don't know when the Lord's going to come back, but... If he doesn't come back soon, he's going to have to apologize to places like Sodom and Gomorrah for what happened there, you know? We're going to have to... I hope that you understand what kind of perilous moments we're living in, and we need to be ready to impact as many as possible before the Lord comes back. I read the story of Jean Calment. She's the oldest recorded living human whose age can be verified. On her 120th birthday, the reporter came to ask her what her vision would be for the future. What do you see for tomorrow? And she said, very brief, (laughs) as well you can expect. How will we face tomorrow? Under the load of the devil knowing his time is short, the Bible said he comes with great wrath because he knows his time is short, I would say that you and I are in those days. Are you going to crumble under the weight of that attack? Are we going to rise up and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the hope of the world. I don't know where you stand, but I hope I can inspire you today uh, with thoughts about the future. You know, sometimes it's easy to make mistakes and to fool around and forget things that need to be done and make mistakes, but a preacher was ending his sermon. He announced, next Sunday, I'm going to preach on Noah and his ark. So he gave the scriptures to the congregation and said, I want you to read the passage of scripture and be ready for me to preach next Sunday on Noah and the ark. Well, a couple of boys um, came up to the platform when nobody was there, and he was prone to preach from this big pulpit Bible, and they said, why don't we change the scriptures a little bit? So what they did is they glued two pages together in the middle of the Noah and the ark story. So the next Sunday, the preacher got up and read his text. This is what he said. Noah took unto himself a wife, and she was, and then he turned the page, 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. 
He paused and he scratched his head, turned the page back and read it silently, and then he looked up to the congregation and said, I've been reading this old Bible for nigh unto 50 years, but there are some things in it that are just hard to believe sometimes. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. May, may, may. God help us. I, um, I, I, I told the other services, I, I felt like a little kid on Christmas morning when your mother said, your mom and dad said, you gotta stay in bed a little longer before you get up and open any of the presents under the tree. That's how I felt all night. I had, had trouble sleeping because I was so excited about this morning. And uh, I want to ask you to join me by standing out of respect to the Word of God. I'm reading from Psalm 139, is our text this morning, starting at verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. You understand my thought from far off. You search my path and my lying down and are aware of all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it fully. You put yourself behind and before me, and you keep your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is lofty, and I cannot fathom it. Down to verse 13. You brought my inner parts into being. You wove me in my mother's womb. So I will praise you, for you made me with fear and wonder. Marvelous are your works, and you know me completely. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and intricately put together, or the King James says knit together, in the lowest part of the earth. Your eyes saw me unformed, yet in your book all my days were written before any of them came into being." How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my concerns. And see if there is any rebellious way in me and lead me in the ancient way. Thank you, Lord, for the moment that we share where your eternal anointed authoritative word is proclaimed boldly. Take the message far and wide, and we pray for your precious anointing to take your word and plant it deep within our hearts that we might not sin against you or miss the mark. So help us, Lord. I thank you for this wonderful People's Church family, and I pray your blessing upon us as we meditate and hear your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I have two simple points today. The first one is that God has plans for each of us personally. God has big plans for all of us personally. I don't know how you feel about your life right now. Don't know how you feel about your past, your present, or your future. I'm here to remind you God has big plans for us personally. It seems like a lot of things are changing in our world, doesn't it? Tattoos, pink hair, green hair. If you're a Celtics fan, I saw some people wearing green hair. Nose rings, online church. People want to stay at home. And the guy that sent me the picture, I still have it on my mind. He's sitting on his couch. One of the members of this church said, Pastor, thank you for your online services. 
pink slippers with the feet up. Why would you show me pink slippers on a man's foot? Anyway, just a little itch. I've got a little pastoral itch. Amazon, Twitter, paying college athletes. No borders in our country anymore. COVID stopping and trying to stop everything that's going forward. No baby formula in the stores. It's all down south of the border, they say. Hatred for people on the left or the right. Intense hatred. It's an amazing day that we live in, and yet loneliness is a, a national epidemic. Suicide rates, especially in our great state here, have skyrocketed. People say, I've got nothing to live for. Professional athletes, actresses, taking pills to... You can't. There's no such thing as ending it all. You're going to live somewhere forever. Got to remember that. People want to be understood, and yet many say, no one understands me. And I don't understand why business... Two or three trillion dollars in three weeks out of the stock market just like that. People are devastated. All the things that are going on. But the, the psalmist says in Psalm 139 that God knows us. Aren't you thankful that the God who calls every star up by name in the, every day, who knows the names and numbers of every person on the face of the earth and loves everybody the same, that he knows you and watches you and cares about you. I'm here to remind you, God has big plans for you personally and for me. Now, I want to remind you, if you're not yet convinced, that while you were formed in, the, in your mother's womb, you were not just tissue. The Bible says you were a living being. Now you'll see just the opposite on the nightly news and debates and people protesting on the streets. Let me remind you, what God says about life is trumped by this book. What everything else, everything else that anyone else can say, this settles it. He says... You have searched me and you know me. You know what the word search means? It means to dig. God is digging. You know, you, you have a smile on your face, but you're in agony behind the smile because of what you have to deal with this week. And there's issues that you're facing as a family or in your finances, whatever. It says, you have searched me and you know me. The God of the universe knows what's in your heart, knows what's in your track record, knows what you've been through. He sees your disappointments. He sees your, your fears. He sees your goals. God has big plans. The one writer said, God digs you. It's a good way to say what this verse really means. And he knows your routines. Verse 2, when I sit down and when I get up, you understand my thoughts from afar off. Sometimes Bonnie asks me, what are you thinking about? That's a challenging question. Because there's a lot of things I'm thinking about, a lot of, diff a lot of different tributaries and so forth. And, and, but God knows what you're thinking about. And he knows your speech. He said, before you say it, I know what, what you're thinking about. I know what you're going to say. Verse 3, you are aware of all my ways. All my ways. Can you imagine the victory of that? And then he says, he's put his hand upon me. Now, I don't know what you feel about tomorrow. I don't know if you're, you know, shaking in fear because of the way our, the direction our country and the current leadership is taking us. 
obviously we're going the wrong way. Like 85% of Americans say that we're going for a train wreck here. You may be filled with fear, but let me just tell you something. Without the hand of God on your shoulder, you've got a lot to think about. But we have victory ahead because God's got his hand upon us, and God has big plans for us personally. <laughs> Praise God. So, Father, keep your hand on me. Don't let anything that I do offend you. And if there has been something offensive, please forgive me. He totally understands your every thought, your dream, your need. So don't ever resist his touch. When he says, I don't want you doing that anymore. I remember the day as a, as a uh, college uh, student, he said to me, don't hang out with those guys anymore. There's danger hanging out with those people. And that day, I disenfranchised myself from friendship with all of those guys. They were going the wrong way. I'm glad I listened to his voice. I want to remind you how wonderful it is to know that you and I are important to God. He knows you better than you know yourself. I don't know if you ever felt like you were lost. Man, what are we going to do? We keep going around in circles, we keep dealing with the same issue. I read the story of the hunter who hired a guide to lead him through the wilderness. He was searching for the big game, you know. The hunter soon discovered that they were walking around in circles. We're lost, the hunter shouted to the guide. I thought you said you were the best guide in the state of Maine. The guide replied quietly, yeah, but I think we're in Canada now. <laughs> we may feel like we're far from home today, but only Jesus will be able to guide us from where we are to where he wants us to go. Now, the world knows who you are. Their marketing strategy is something you're familiar with. Bonnie and I turned 70 last year, and it was in short order. I'm getting things in the mail, like once a week or so. Um, have you made your final arrangements? I'm going, what? Yeah, you look like you're feeling pretty lousy, uh, you know. Have you thought about being cremated? Have you thought about letting us smoke you? And I go, no. I throw it in the trash, you know. But then there's the new one, you know, I've got, on, the, on your phone, you probably, not young people, but older people, get it? Where you open your, your phone, and then they're talking about creepy skin. You know, big, the you, you know that I don't have that, anything like that, of course, but with all of the, but they're telling you what to do about your creepy skin. I'm telling you the world knows how to market things, but to know that God's got his hand upon me and you, makes it all worthwhile. I want to remind you that if you're going through an unusual spot, God is with you. Let me prove it. In um, Psalm 139, verse 7, where shall I go from your spirit, he said, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Seol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell at the edge of the sea, even there your hand shall guide me and your right hand shall take hold of me. We should ever say, Lord, take hold of my hand, my, put my hand in yours, show me how to live my life. Show me the plans that you have for me. You know, Ethel Waters was the child of a woman who was 12 who was raped 
mother kept a child, and Ethel Waters became a, one of the greatest song singers in the history of the world. This wonderful black lady sang for the glory of God in Billy Graham crusades and was utilized by the Spirit in making a big difference all over the world. The favorite song that she would sing, that she was asked to sing all the time, His Eye is on the Sparrow. Because his eye is on the sparrow, I know he watches me. I'll sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. Praise God. That song has been a great help to many, probably many of you as well. Now, the Bible says we were knit together in our mother's womb for kingdom purposes. So how could you ever tell someone they're a loser? We were on the streets of Hong Kong one day and on a missions trip, and I, I stopped into a tattoo uh, place uh, just to observe what they were doing. I didn't want to show you my, my tattoo. Anyway, I, didn't, I have no tattoos. But anyway, I said, what is the most popular tattoo you sell? They said, loser. Would you imagine somebody inking on their body a permanent loser? Dear God, we're not losers. We're winners because of who God is and what he thinks about us. So we've been knit together. The word knit is an embroidery word where this string and that string and this colorful thing and this colorful thing come together and in time knits together a beautiful fabric and God shows I've got big plans and I'm going to do something awesome, something so beautiful in your life. You and I have to believe that God has big plans for each of us. Don't ever get down on yourself or what's happened. No matter where you are, God wants to guide you. Amen. I'll just wait till you stop shouting. That's good preaching. Now, the future of people's church is bright because of people who know that God's got big plans for them personally. Now, the second and final thing I want to say is that God has big plans for the people's church family. We don't just come to see a few friends and sing some songs and so forth. We come because we're family. Everyone's important. There's no one insignificant among us. Everyone is important. If one stumbles, we all are hurting. We all got to pick one another up and march on. God's never asked us to be a judge of how things are going. We support the leadership. We stand with the leadership. We don't come like the Romanian judge. You get a six for that tumbling beam, whatever. We're not here to be a judge. Who do, we're not those people. We're here to cheer on the church, the family of God. And, and, and now notice, this verse is, you know, it's been several months since Pastor Tom called me and asked me to consider coming today. And I'm so thankful I've had time to think about this. I've been praying about this one verse. It's found in the 16th uh, verse, Psalm 139. In your book, all my days were written. Now just think about this for a minute. What that means is that before you were, before your mom and daddy had a sparkle in their eye and thought about you coming, God saw you and had big plans for you. And 
All your days were written in his book. Every day. So how far into your book are you? And how much of interest do you have in saying, God, am I in step with what you see for my life? Am I walking in the manner that brings you glory? Is, is my lifestyle showing appreciation for what you did for me on Calvary? Or am I indifferent to these matters? Are you walking in step with God? We are to be a spiritual house out of which the life of God flows every time the doors are open, even when you're not here. Like little Ayla, the little Scandinavian lady who used to invite our pastoral staff to her house for smorgasbord. It was unbelievable experience. She moved to Seattle. I'm not even sure if she's still on this side, if she's already gone on to her reward. But I remember the day that she said, Pastor, she called and said, Pastor, I'm in the Roth supermarket, and I've just led a lady to Jesus by the tomato section in the produce department in the Roth supermarket. Can I bring her by and, and introduce her to you? I said, bring her, bring her by. Everywhere she went, she wanted to be a, spring, a stream of life flowing, and that's the illustration of what God wants to use all of us. Some people sit in the rocking chair, and they go, I'm just hanging on. I don't have anything to do. Don't want to, yeah, I'm just here hanging on. I'm here to remind you that God has big plans. Why don't you ask him what his plan is? The man in... Uh, Kentucky pulled the trigger, he retired, he sat on his front porch rocking when the check came in, his first check that was from, you know, his uh, payroll, so forth, and, and uh, his holdings and stuff. And uh, he's rocking on the chair and he said, what am I doing here, rocking in this chair? I need to go do something. And he got out of that chair and he started cooking. And he made a recipe that's world famous now. And you've probably had some, you know, the, the king's chicken. Have you? You haven't? You never had any of the colonel's chicken? It's finger licking good. This is the wrong time to talk about that. What's the matter? So he made, made himself millions of dollars because he said, I, I am wired for more than sitting in a rocking chair. God has created you for significance, not for just survival. If you believe it, say amen. All right. So even if you're planning good things for your life, God is planning greater things. I hope you believe that. I believe it's true. In Mark's gospel, we see there are just two simple points. Mark gives a three-year synopsis of the life of Jesus. And in chapter 1 through 8, he talks about who is Jesus. He speaks about his humanity and his divinity. And then in the second half of Mark, it is all about why did Jesus come? And the answer is over and over again revealed. 
Who he is, he's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords. He's the only one qualified to die for our sin. In the second half of the book, it's he died and now he's alive and let's all run to him. He's our only hope. You can take the gospel of Mark and make it your life's motto. Praise God. I love it when you're so happy hearing the the simple plans of God's word. Well, as I close this morning, but don't get too excited. uh, (laughs) What big plans does the Lord have for this church and how will it be accomplished? How can we do that? You go, I'd love to be involved. I'd love to dream big dreams, but we've gotten a divorce. My kids are sick. I've lost my job. I'm, I'm being underpaid for what I do. And, and you've got your mind on that. Now, may I just remind you, God has divine power available for all of us. The church in America needs to regain its cutting edge. And the church is to be a lighthouse whose light gets brighter and brighter every day that goes by. And it won't happen without a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit's power among us. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, the beloved physician Luke writes, God says in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, if you don't think we're in the last days, how bad should it get before you think we're in the last days? He said, in the last days, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. Wow. Darkness has gotten stronger in this world because the light has grown weaker. It's time for God's people to be the church everywhere they go. It's time for God's people to march like a champion and to say, Jesus is here because I'm here in your office today and I'm here to talk to you. Our purpose is is to reveal the risen Christ and his power to anyone we meet. May God help us. I believe God's presence is to be revealed in every service. I know you believe that. I believe people are hungry for seeing the Spirit of God move in services. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, people hanging from the chandeliers and rolling on the carpet. I'm talking about people that just... When the heaviness of life is on them, when the, when the despair and, and, and it seems like a hopeless medical report, that in the middle of a service, the Spirit of God steps in and begins to change things. And you walk out and say, he was here. He touched me in that service. And I can tell you, he's done it for me many times. And I know many of you could testify the same way. You know the Tesla car. I know there's several parked out in the parking lot this morning. Those, those Teslas need to be, what, every, every day or so, what? charged. They need to be recharged, and you and I are no different. And I want to remind you, God's going to always move in the right atmosphere. When the atmosphere is right. Well, pastor, how are we going to have the right atmosphere? We glorify Jesus. We honor him. We're not casual about the word of God. We're not marching in and out, you know, hey, I'd like to take a walk, dad. I'm, I, I'm a little thirsty. Join the party. We're all thirsty, and we all got to go to the bathroom, but hold steady. We're here. The Word of God is being proclaimed. (laughs) Amen. That was free. I didn't have that in the other service. Prepare personally before you come to the service. We're going to come in late because it's fashionable. Oh, really? The worship is just the preliminaries? No. God wants to hear you say from your heart, 
how mighty he is, how glorious he is. And that's what we sing. That's what we tell. Amen. I know that's not popular to talk that way. But we're seeing my friends and that's more important. No, no, no. The important part is who's in the house. He's present. Where two or three are gathered in, this, in the same place. What did he say? I'll be in the midst. May God help us understand that. So back to that verse 23 of Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. The psalmist said, bring it on. Bring the searchlight. I'm standing in front of this light and it gets brighter as I get closer to it. I say, bring it on, Lord. I want you to search me. Is there anything offensive that would impede the move of your spirit in our home, in the church? And see if there is any rebellious way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Wow. And then when you've done that, then it's time to make confession. They'll say, this is over here. You, you were bitter about this situation over here. You, di you didn't react properly over here. I want you to make, make that right. Well, then you can expect God to move in your life. Amen. Amen. Are you easily offended by someone who rubs you the wrong way? Someone that comes in, in pro-choice or, you know, let's... let's I don't want to get into political stuff here. I, I, I get you all revved up and all that, lathered up and everything. But sometimes people talk, neighbors talking, you go, oh, you feel a chill. How, how stupid can they be? And instead of blowing them up, you just say, you know what? God loves you. He loves me. Let's go for truth. We need to love people like God sees them. And if you blow them up, you haven't helped let me give you an example. Acts chapter 9. Saul, the terrorist, the world's worst terrorist in history, has been knocked off his horse by the Spirit of God. He's laying in the dirt, and God speaks to him through his son Jesus and said, It's impossible for you to mess with me and succeed. Get on your feet. You're going to be in blindness until I decide it's time for you to be free. I like the way God works. Man, he could have made him an ink spot but he gave him a chance. Why? He had plans for him. And so he sends Ananias. He said, Ananias, you're a strong spiritual man. I want you to go to the place where Saul is right now. I want you to lay your hands upon him and pray. I want you to, I want you to pray for him. And when you do, scales will fall off his eyes and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit because of what you do in obedience. Right? But Lord, he's, he's killed a lot of our people. But the Lord, the Lord said, but again the second time, but the Lord said to Ananias, go your way, for this man is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and their kings. You don't ever know who that is you're talking to. And you don't know what God's getting ready to do in that person. God's got big plans for the People's Church family when we see things through his eyes. I had the privilege to pray for a lady this morning that, that gave her heart to Christ. She sat in the second row, gave her heart to Jesus, and then asked that we would pray for her, to, for her that God would heal her body with stuff that she's going through. I don't need to go in. And what, that's the church at, at work. That's God moving. That is the Holy Spirit moving mountains. Hallelujah. I love it what God does in his church. So come believing. So as I... 
As I close, Acts 10, Peter's preaching. What is his message? Every time he preaches in the New Testament, he's alive. You wanted him dead. Jesus raised from the dead by the power of God. He's alive and he'll help you. Give him your life. I mean, it's a very simple message. He's preaching in the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. In the middle of all that, Peter's giving refutation to why everyone should turn to Jesus. And then he says that beautiful verse in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. And what happened next as they magnified the finished work of Jesus, as he lifted Christ up in his power and his anointing. What happened? In Acts 10, 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all of them that heard the word. All the believers of the circumcision, that's the believing ones, they'd come to, with Peter, they were astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and magnifying God in the right atmosphere where Jesus is exalted. Emotion is not on the screen. How bad we feel about life and how painful our stuff is. But we just have our eyes on Him. And we say, you are all we need. And you are present in that atmosphere. In the 70 years, should Jesus tarries the next 70 years, let that be our theme. Jesus is Alpha, Omega. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. Revelation says he holds all the keys. Stuff that you cannot change. He's got the keys to open that door. So just magnify him. Just magnify him. Just honor him. We pray that this week's message has been practical, encouraging, and challenging. Let us know if you made a first-time commitment or recommitment to following Christ. Visit peopleschurch.com and click Connect to share your decision with us. There is great value in being a part of a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching faith community. If you are looking for a church home, Pastor Tom Murray invites you to People's Church in Salem. Sunday morning and evening worship services, group Bible studies, relevant engaging activities for kids and youth in safe, secure environments. Watch messages anytime or plan your visit at peopleschurch.com.